Hello and welcome to the Vermilion Sports Podcast. I am your host, Louis Prejean, sports editor for the Vermilion, the student newspaper at the University of Louisiana. I am here with sports writer Charles Long. Stress about Long Charles. Just just a little bit. You have five brackets going on at this table, and two are done, three you're three banging your head against the wall. Three are done. With, oh, three are done. Now. Three are done. Okay. Yes. So that's I made my to be determined. The SEC. Oh. Wow. And they will premiere on the Vermilion Sports wow. Show. Wow. <laughs> Good promo. Midnight, Good promo. I like it. I like it. Good promo. Okay. Subtle. Did you finish your Sunbelt one? No, actually. This one lost too. I'm trying. I'm still trying to decide. We're going to be talking about the Sunbelt Conference we're gonna, we're gonna Tournament in this episode. We're here with sports writer Lachelle Smith. What's up? Not much. I don't, I don't know. Just kind of. Now I'm thinking about Harrison Pack's teeth. And that's oh. about all I'm <laughs> You asked me what's up, and I just have to be honest. I'm, I'm glad you're honest. Honesty is key. <laughs> yeah, honesty is key. CJ, we're here with sports slash news writer CJ Williams. For the remote. What's up, man? Not much. Uh, you previewed your food take a little bit. I don't know if you want to tease it here, and then we, we'll get back to it later. It's a discussion. It's a discussion. So you're getting everyone involved. Yeah. Setting the table, if you will, mm-hmm. for the food talk. Yeah. I like it. Are you ready for the conference tournament? I am. I'm excited to see the Cajuns. I'm excited. Are you ready for March Madness? Am I ready for March Madness? You're never ready for March Madness. No, it just kind of hits you. You think you are, and then the madness ensues. Mm, thank you. Well, let's talk about something that ensued last night with the women's basketball team. Their season came to an end in the first round of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. They lost 73-61 to to South Alabama. In the first round of the Summer Conference Tournament, the Raging Cajuns entered the second half down by 27. The Cajuns able to outscore the Jaguars 47-32 to in the second half, but it wasn't enough to extend their season. Let's go to the record breakdown, 7-23 and overall, 5-13 and in conference, 5-9 and at home, 2-12 and on the road. They ended the season on a six-game losing streak. And in that first-round game against South Alabama, they trailed 41-14 to at halftime. Now, I tell you this, CJ, not ideal for a first half. They scored five points in the second quarter. I mean, that we knew this was a problem going into the tournament and all season was the offense. And the announcers were like, you know, shots just aren't falling. But this kind of, this seems like an exaggeration of like their season. It's like their offense... It, just doesn't work. It's just weird. And the face you're making right now is, I don't know what to say besides they scored five points in the second. It's uh, one of their worst performances of the season, probably at the wrong time. Um, That's basically how you can describe it. The pressure of the tournament probably got to them, um, but they weren't ready to play for whatever reason. They weren't ready to come out and perform at their highest level, and they could have shown much better than they did. Yeah, but things got better in the second half, I think. You know, outscoring I mean, them by 15, the press started to work. Maybe I, It's hard to determine when you go to the full-court press. You usually go toward, towards the end of the game, but it really was working. And they cut the – at one point, the Jaguars had a 31-point lead in the game, but they cut it all the way down to, I think, 11 towards the end of the game with about, like, two and a half minutes left. So it started to work. They started to get things going, but it's a case of – you're running out of time too too little too late for them. I mean, it's just it's just hard to it was it was a hard first half to watch, but the second half was a little encouraging, especially since they're a young team. How much of that is the Cajuns or how much of that is the other team letting their foot off the gas because they have such a big lead? 
that's what I always try to caution myself when I say, oh, they're, they're playing better in the second half. You know, be careful with that. I think, yeah, you give them credit for getting back into the game, but you do have to keep in mind that when you get down that big like that, you're going to be the more aggressive team. You're going to be the team that puts the pedal to the metal a little bit more because you're the team that has the most urgency because you're down by so much. So um, you get yourself in that situation. It's nice to see them fight their way out of it. I just, you know, I just wish that they had played a 40-minute 40, 40 game. 40 yeah, minutes. a 40-minute game. We're <laughs> um, thinking 40, 48 over. Yeah, <laughs> almost said 48. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah they, they, they're not, uh, they don't quit. They have resilience, and that's that's a positive aspect. And it's a positive aspect. I mean, especially no seniors on the team or anything. This is something they could probably take forward into next season. Ty Doucette led the team with 15 points, 7 and 10 from the field. Andrea Cornier uh, with 10 points. Brandy Williams and Skylar Goodwin were two of seven from the field. Jemire Mathis, both nine from the field. I just, you know, the Rage Cajuns women's basketball season recap. It's it's pretty easy. It's a pretty easy season to define when you look at it. Not enough offense. Too much. You had to rely too much on the defense. Injuries to Skylar Goodwin and Ty Doucette, and no senior leadership on the team that can result into seven wins out of 30. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you kind of covered it all. Um, but as you said, there's no senior leadership. They're a young team. Uh, a lot of these players are going to be back. Um, so maybe with time, uh, they'll, they'll get a little bit better and be ready for next season. And Lachelle, how important is senior leadership on a team? I mean, it's extremely important. That's experience. They understand situations better. They've been there, done that. They understand what to do, what plays to make, how to control tempo, momentum. When you're young, you're kind of just thrown out there. They're still trying to get a feel for it. For So for this season, it definitely was just a learning season for them in a horrific way. But, I mean, experience is the best teacher. And when you look at Broadhead's <laughs> overall record, I mean, this is his first losing season, I believe, since he's taken over in, yeah. in seven seasons. So – you know, it's just a case of that the roster and no senior leadership and Broadhead's still a good coach. I mean, yeah. this, this team's going to return and they're going to have seniors. And Ty Doucette is only a sophomore, so she's going to get better. And she was the best player on your team. Mm. So, I mean, I'm hopeful for next season. I, I'm sure as we all are. But let's get into something that's ongoing with the Rage Cajuns men's basketball team. They will play on Thursday. In the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, they will play the winner of Arkansas State in South Alabama, which is happening tonight. But, but before we do that, before we do that, we got to talk about their final two games on the road where they beat Arkansas State 90-87 to in overtime, and they had a Cedric Russell explosion against Little Rock on the road before that. Cedric Russell, 34 points. They needed every single one of them. Uh, it was an incredibly tight game. It was a big comeback. The Cajuns had like a 10-point lead in the first half that they blew. Uh, Jakini Gant fouled out in like 13 minutes of playing time. I think he had almost as many fouls as he had shot attempts. So if you were to tell me going into the game that your best player would have that kind of a stat, I'd think, okay, well, they're, they're going to drop this game. But Cedric was fantastic. Um, you know, we predicted on the show last week how many threes uh, the team would have. We were right on the money with 12. They, they were very, very hot from deep. Um, and that is, I think, the big reason why they won the game. They were they were shooting very well the entire night. Um, so they come back without your best player. It was very impressive. Uh, Little Rock was playing with their season on the line. 
Uh, with the loss, they are eliminated from the conference tournament. Um, so they they were playing hard the entire time. The Cajuns just were they wanted it more. So yeah, and I mean just. Cedric Russell going off for that career high, 34 points. Michelle, do you view Cedric Russell as maybe the third guy on this team? So you have Gant, Stroman, and then is it Cedric? Or do you view maybe Justin Miller or somebody else in the, in the third spot? In the beginning of the season, I view Justin Miller as the third guy. For this bottom half of this season, actually really for the past four to five games, I'm viewing Cedric Russell as the third guy now because mm-hmm. he just that they needed another score, somebody who's really consistent. Because when he's hot, he's hot. Like he's he's gonna make those shots when they're falling. With Justin Miller, it's a little different. He's a little bit more inconsistent. Like most people say, you know, he fouls really quickly. He gets tired really quickly. So like, but when he's good, he's good too. But in terms of the number three person to really get your shots going, I definitely give that to Cedric Russell for sure. He has a spark to him. Yeah, and I guess it's hard to maybe differentiate. Uh, than to or say mm. just Justin Miller's the third guy, Cedric Russell's the third guy because they're they play two different positions, right? They two they do two different things mm. for your team, but you know in terms of having that third guy that is going to get you 15 points, Cedric Russell is going to be that guy, right? And then Miller, I mean, Coach Marlin talked about how important his defensive rebounding is to this team. So and as of late, Justin Miller's been great. Uh, with rebounding the ball. So, Justin Miller rebounding the ball, what does that do for this team? Extra possessions. Um, securing defensive rebounds finishes defensive possessions, and then offensively, obviously, extra possessions. Um, it's a, it's helpful because, obviously, you don't have Gant having as much of a load on the glass. So, um, that's what I'd say about that. I think Justin's a, a glue guy, and he does a lot of the dirty work. And Yeah, especially lately, it seems like it doesn't suck. At the start of the season, Coach Marlin said that um, losing Bryce Washington was a big deal because they lost a player that put rebounding first. Um, you know, I think he, he was really trying to tell his team to step up in the rebounding category, and Justin Miller has been one of those players that has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been very good in recent weeks. Yeah, and CJ, what did you see in that Arkansas State game, that overtime game for the men's basketball team? Well, anytime you have an overtime game, you have fatigue. That's the first thing, so... They managed that very well, and it was obviously a very close game. So I think when you have that type of game heading into the tournament and you come out on top and you come out on top in dramatic fashion, I think it gives you momentum. Um, that's the main thing I take from it. I think they finished the season strong. You don't want to finish the season with the loss, especially with the seeding that they have, um, having to play the teams that they have to play. Um, and with the challenge that they have, they could have had an easier seeding. Uh, but coming out of the season with two strong wins – um, and an overtime win, um, and having that kind of momentum heading into the tournament. I'm very excited about that. Do you want to avoid uh, Arkansas State in their first matchup after losing the first game and then barely like squeaking by the second one? I don't. I guess I guess the right answer, answer would be yes, saying, like, but you prefer to play South Alabama. I guess no. No, I mean I don't mm-hmm. prefer to play anybody. I guess the right answer would be yes, if you just look at the logic of it, but. I mean, if you're not the best team in the tournament, you're going to get eliminated. Right. So whoever you play, you got to beat them. Yeah. Michelle, how confident, you know, just had an overtime game, five-point win against Little Rock. How confident are you, especially going into a conference tournament, about the Cajuns in close games and closing out games and getting wins? I'm pretty confident in them now. I'm about 85%. used to be about 70 I mean, it's just I think they're finding ways to win now. Like, their momentum – 
came at the right moment for them because you come for one they weren't a good road team then you just come off two big wins and you can translate that into this tournament now which is in new orleans close home for you know it's it's a different thing for them so definitely seeing them show that perseverance in these last few games to really especially that that last game because that Ty Cockfield, I don't – look. He's, he's one of the best players. He, he's interesting, and yeah. he was about to knock them out single-handedly. He got second team or something, I think. He's – yeah. He, he, he was fantastic. And they showed resilience with that to still come back and do what they need to do. So I'm pretty confident. Honestly, the Sun Belt, in my opinion, is really anyone's game. Awesome. It's whoever is having the most consistent best game at that time because, I mean, there's to me there's no definite person that's just like, yeah, we're going to knock everyone out. I don't see that. Well, last season, everyone thought it was going to be Louisiana, and they fell short. I don't think I don't think a one seed has won the Sun Belt in the past five years. Like it's been, it's always been just a total mess. I think them being where their rank gives them a little bit more fire, though. I think it takes the pressure off of you when you're not number one. When you're number one, it's kind of like okay, the target's on your back, right? We're expected to do this, do that, and people are going to come for us. But when you kind of gotta hustle a little more, grind a little bit more, I think it gets you kind of like okay, we gotta work a little hard. It gets you in that flow. And that team needs this, right? Oh I yeah, mean, especially with them being down with Malik Marchetti, Stroman possibly being a little you know hampered by the injury. Right. So maybe they, this is all a little extra motivation, and them being the fifth seed instead of the top four seed, this is all a little bit. Uh, of something that could possibly change the course of the tournament as Charlie just changed something on his Sun Belt. I've changed it like four times. I don't know what I'm going to Yeah. Wait. It's so, I mean, Michelle was just saying, it's unpredictable. Like, there's so many teams that can win this tournament, so many teams that can catch fire and get hot. Any team, in my opinion, from the top seven seeds, I think will make a run. Mm. It's just that great. I think that, you know, the, the, the way the playoffs work this year, favor the top two seeds, but even then, if a team is hot going into playing one of those top two teams, who knows, they can knock them off. I mean, who knows? Uh, let's talk about the regular season right now before we get into Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, which I think we can have a discussion about. So, Louisiana, 19-12 and 12 overall, 7-7 seven, seven away, 10-4 at home, 10-8 and eight in the Sunbelt Conference, and the Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, Tookie Brown. What do we think about you can't again not being named Southern Conference Player of the Year. Coach Marlin said he deserved. Or, you know, before the announcement, he believed Jakeen again could have been Southern Conference Player of the Year. I think Jakeen probably, well, he was definitely, if if he's not number one, he's top three in the conference. Like, I think we definitely established that. Um, I think that he can, when he's on, he's probably the most dominant of those players. Mm. Uh, at, you know, it was it was Cookie and, and Jakeenan and you know Cockfield and stuff. Uh, Demarcus Simons from Georgia State. Like, there, there's there's a bunch of really good players in this conference. Um, you know, it's I think that Marlin is is right in some senses that Jakeenan at points played well enough to win the uh, Player of the Year. Uh, Cookie Brown is he's been a fantastic player for Georgia Southern for for many years now. I feel like this is more of a tenure award, mm. even though he was fantastic this year. Uh, he's been great for them for a long time. So uh, I don't think Jakina was necessarily snubbed because, as I said, there are so many great players in this yeah. NFL conference. Um, it's a little disappointing as being a Cadence fan, but uh, I can definitely see why they would give it to Tokyo. Yeah, you can see it. I mean, eighth in the conference is scoring at 18 points per game, third in field goal percentage. 
50.9, 30 in assists, 4.8. As a guard. So that's really good. That's really efficient. Yeah, yeah. He's being efficient as a point guard. So I kind of want to talk. Keenan had almost nine assists as a forward. Nine assists? Yeah. I think so. Nine rebounds. It's rebounds? Mm -hmm. It's rebounds. It's rebounds. Yeah. I almost. Yeah. You almost went I, in. Like, I, almost, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was about to. Gain yeah. almost at nine assists. But I, yeah. If, if Gain averaged nine assists, he would have definitely won it. <laughs> yeah, so, it, was, it was nine rebounds and I think four blocks. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think Keenan's the best two-way player, if that's what you're asking. Uh, I think he's he, he, de- he won defensive player of the year again. Mm-hmm. So uh, they obviously valued his defense. And I think if they valued his defense that much, they probably shouldn't have given it to him because of the numbers he put up on offense. Um, you know, being up there in the lead for points per game in the conference, and and you know he rebounded really well. So I think that you probably should have given it to him, just on the merit of him being the best two way player in the conference. Uh, but you know, I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, and sticking with Gant, you look at Gant's season, then you look at the team overall, their season. How how are they different? Is it Gant being a consistent force while the Louisiana team being inconsistent? Yeah, that was the word I was going to use. Gant's been consistent, but the, the Raging Cajuns haven't necessarily had the level of consistency that they would want. Um, they've had tremendous success, but you know they, they could have three or four more wins if they were a little more consistent. Here's the thing. The Cajuns are, are the biggest puzzle in the Sun Belt, in my opinion. That's why I'm struggling so much with this bracket right now. They can, they can, we can come see. in. Well, yeah, they can come in at any night and smoke the number that's, two team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they did with UT Arlington. But then they lose to the number 10 team twice <laughs> at state. It's just that we saw the game against Coastal Carolina live. They were playing so well for the whole first three quarters of the game. And in the final quarter, they went cold and they let the other team get hot. 25 point lead goes down to seven and a snap of a finger. So it's, it's as you said, it's inconsistency. And, and that, you know, if they get hot at the right time in this conference, they can make a run. However, you're just not 100% sure if they can do that. And we, I mean, we can talk about inconsistency, but what makes, what do you make of it, all the inconsistency, and what makes them inconsistent? I think it's just people not stepping up. I don't even think, because it's not a coaching problem. It's just a player problem. I think sometimes when you have a player such as Gantt, you will rely only on him solely as a teammate mm. to put those numbers up. You'll expect that. It's kind of like a James Harden effect. Like, everyone around you can kind of take a little bit of a back seat because it's like, okay, he's going to put these numbers up with or without my, like, contribution. So, like, we'll be fine. Yeah, but then in the Little Rock game, he had five points and they right. still won with it, Cedric. And but that's what was, I'm saying. That's a good that's, thing. They, I, I they've, sh- they've showed that improvement now at the bottom of this season because at the beginning it wasn't like that. It was like, right. And right. now I think people are like, okay, I can play too. I'm going to step up to, especially Justin Miller. I believe he's actually increased his play defensively in yeah. these last few games. So I think they, that's why I say I definitely believe now they're in a moment of consistency. And besides, they're also one of what the highest ranked offensive teams in the Sun Belt, too, I think. Or, yeah, like second. So they definitely have it. They just have to keep it. And I think with Cedric Russell now being the third person offensively to get shots consistently and get fired, I think now we'll see more of that in the conference tournament. That's what's interesting about players feeling they can take a break because mm. you know that player is going to be great that yeah. night. And I, I think it was good in the Little Rock game for them to realize, hey, we can actually do this. And 
hey, we don't need to rely on Gantt. I'm, I'm trying to see, I don't know if that game's like necessarily an outlier from the rest of the season. Do you, do you think that's... Oh, it's definitely game? an outlier. I mean, it, basketball, obviously your best player is going to have a lot of uh, responsibility and you'd expect him to score somewhere around his average in every game. Uh, so yeah, it's an outlier for him to score five and for him to have to for them to have to carry that much of a load. But um, no, it shouldn't be an outlier that they contribute mm. and have confidence that they can do it. So um, do you think for the Cajuns to make a run for the championship, like get past you know these tough teams like Texas State and Georgia State, do you think Jakina needs to average like twenty five, or do you think he needs if he just gets you need yeah, to get twenty five from from Jakina, and you need to get a thirty from a combination of Russell. Strowman, Wesley, and and, and you need and you just, yeah 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 mm. you need well forty you need twenty five from Jakin again and you need the other because uh, we don't talk we don't talk about Hardy we he's don't. he's actually he's a vital vital player and in in their success yeah. so yeah. yeah so what's the magic number for the Cajuns defense then if they hold their first three opponents under. Say 80. It's gotta be eighty. It's gotta be. Gotta be. Is it seventy? Oh, I was thinking seventy initially. Because they're getting. I think it's gonna have to be seventy. And then they can get some scraps. So you got about seventy. I think so. Yeah. I don't know. You've seen what they've done when they've held opponents under eighty. And if I think if an opponent eleven and two or something like that. If they get if the opponent gets over is over eighty, the Cajuns are gonna lose. (laughs) Right. So they can't allow eighty or over. It's gotta be keep kept in the seventies. But if they, they here's the thing, I think they win these games if they keep their opponents under seventy. You know, they, of course they lost the game. Oh, that, that I mean that's obvious. Well, no, no, yeah, that's, that's the magic number because they could still lose games if they give them seventy five points. You know what I mean? Hmm. But if they if they if they play a team like Texas State, who's got one of the best defenses in the conference, right? If they play a team like Texas State, like they did at Texas State, where they held them to sixty four, I think, and they lost that game. If they do that again, I think they win it. Mm. If they just hit a couple more shots and you know have a couple better offense possessions, they win that game against the top team in Texas State. Yeah, and ideally you would love to keep teams you know under seventy. I think that's the magic number. It's just how many times have we seen that from this team where you've kept them in those lower numbers? I mean, we see Coastal Carolina they kept them to seventy there. Texas State they kept them to sixty four, and then. UT I'm seeing UT Arlington 76. So I'm I'm saying it's under 80. Well, they kept UT because it, like 64, I think. They won that game. And then, but besides besides that, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I think the defense is going to be key for the stretch. If they, as I said, if they keep these teams under 70 in this run, then they'll be looking great. However, I just think that there's going to be a need for players like Cedric Russell and PJ Hardy. And they have to shoot well. If they shoot well, let's, let's just call it what it is. They have to shoot well if they from catch behind fire the, in the yard. tournament. Yeah. That that kind of goes alongside with the Cajuns catching fire in the tournament, in my opinion. If they're hitting shots from the outside, playing good defense, like we've seen them done a couple times, and they played great defense against UTLR, and they played great defense against Georgia State, they played great defense against you know some of the top teams in the conference, and they won those games. And I'm glad you mentioned the three point shooting because I was looking at trends and what's happened this season. Uh, earlier today, Louisiana has twelve and two in games where they hit ten or more threes. Okay. So twelve and two. I mean, obviously they're seven and ten when they hit less than ten threes. So that's kind of a number that I'm looking at. You know, the success from behind the arc. I don't. It hasn't correlated to a good percentage because it's as long as they hit ten or more threes, they're likely to win. It's just getting to that ten number. So. 
I also looked at assists. They're 13 and 4 when having at least 15 assists. So that's something to look out for. And they're 10 and 1 when both of those things happen. So their lone walk their their only loss when both of those things happen, when you have 15 assists and 10 or more threes in a game, they're 10 and 1, and their lone loss is to Kansas, which they were competitive in that game. Okay, so, so I think maybe those are the two numbers that you have to hit if you really want to be successful in the term. How important does that make Marcus Stroman? Extremely important. I also have a stat, stat about Stroman, yeah. especially his scoring, because we talked about guys like stepping up. Is Stroman, when scoring 20 or more points, they're 4 and 1. How many assists you want to see an average per game with a conversation? He's going to need am I, 10 a game. Am I overconfident? In he, Trajan he's capable. Okay, he's so gonna have to do ten a game. You're bringing up Trajan Wesley. Am I overconfident? His no, defense. Really his his defense, defense. He is the defensive he, leader of the he team. Is. Besides Jaquina Gant, I mean, he, he brings it when he gets into the he, game. He's irritating. He, yes. he gets under players. He's really players like a Lance. He's a Lance Stevenson in defense. Like they don't expect it because he talks. He talks. He's not scared of you. You can block his shot one possession. He's gonna go right, right back the next, and you're like. Dang, like he's really not scared. Yeah. yeah, he's he's another outlier in that hole too, like playing that role of coming off the bench and giving them that defense because he's so fast. So you can't really just like run over him. I mean, you could, but not really. <laughs> but in essence of him keeping up with you and needing to chase people, yeah. he definitely can I feel fulfill like if that they role. They have to start Trajan Wesley. They can beat a team. And well, I don't know about well, that if, one. If Stroman is limited and I, yeah. especially on defense, maybe putting. A lineup of Trajan Wesley and Marcus Stroman out there to relieve Stroman of some to, the to leadership do. wise because he's a freshman. I don't think yeah. I, I don't trust him fully with the whole reins of a of a game in the Sun Belt Conference as, as a freshman. Right, as he's a freshman. right just as a freshman. That's his only I think catalyst in being you know size wise, but really that's it. I think the guard plays the strength of the Sun Belt. Like mm. if you look at some of these teams, they have really good guard play. ULM has good guard play. Georgia Southern is good guard play. Georgia State is good guard play. The Cadence have good guard play. Mm-hmm. They, it's it's there's a lot of good guard play in the, in the Sun Belt Conference, and I think that it's going to come down because a lot of times, some sometimes in the, in the games that they've lost in conference, they've been outmatched, especially on the defensive side. So if these players like Stroman and Wesley and you know maybe Russell can step up on defense and be able to guard some of these solid players or the opposing teams. I think it'll, be, it'll go a long way in holding teams to under 70. And you know Gant's going to take care of it down low. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, so you just want to see that kind of defensive play at the top. We just don't need him to foul. That's okay. No, I'm just being that honest. Rock, that I, it, and that was ridiculous, but like it kind of just. But he's been in getting in a little bit of foul trouble yeah. lately. Anyway, early in games, not late in games, early in games. He out with like 13 minutes So that's a. It's a little alarming because you know, like he is a vital player. He's your rim protector. He's still offensively again, like the ratio with the shooting, the threes, and the assists. I mean, when you're knocking down shots, it opens the floor up tremendously. There is nobody in the lane at that time, which gets those assists even to Jakeenan, as we've seen multiple times. When they hit threes, an alley's coming eventually, like a dunk's coming. Mm -hmm. So they understand that. But, again, he has to make sure he understands his circumstances that, hey, at this point there is no, like, you get two, just stop. Like, at that point, you just can't – you can be aggressive, but you got to understand your circumstances. Right. Did you want to say anything? Oh, just just a little nugget on the point guards and uh, the assist, one of the assistant, one of the assistant coaches press conference he gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned how they do do a lot of work with all the guards running at the one. So, um, you know, I'm not as worried um, if they 
or without Strowman for one or two rounds, um, obviously it limits them. But I don't think I don't think the confidence should waver. I think Strowman needs to play. Okay. State. I mean that's fair. I, I, I think we could get by South Alabama, maybe Arkansas State without Marcus Strowman. Arkansas State is a little bit more of a question mark because mm-hmm. you need that top defender on top of. He's probably still going to drop thirty. I mean he's just mm-hmm. that talented, but. You still need, you know, your top defender on them, and I think Strowman is your top guard defender, um, as as he's been for most of the season at least. Uh, so, you know, maybe you get by the first round, especially at home. You know, home playoff game. I expect the, the Cajun Dome to be pretty much rocking, right? Um, however, against Texas State, I think you need them, and yeah. after that, you definitely need them. Yeah, so you go to Georgia State. I'm not. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I'm saying one or two rounds. I, I feel like if they play well, they can get it done even without them. Okay. All right, so sticking with the defense thing, I have a little some more trends here that I looked into. So this is a weird and probably doesn't mean anything stat I found. They're 10-1 and one recording five or more blocks in a game. Their only loss is Georgia Southern. Weird, probably doesn't mean that, anything. That just tells me that they're 10-1 and one when their activity on defense is high. They yeah. recorded five blocks against Georgia Southern, but hit up like 100-something points in that game. Exactly. So that's a, probably like a weird, probably doesn't mean anything. So. Yeah. Um, Justin Miller, when grabbing 10 or more rebounds, Louisiana's 8-2. Okay. I know Marlon emphasized and highlighted Justin Miller's defensive rebounding as an important factor to their winning. So I, I wanted to look into that. I was like, okay, so is, is him grabbing 10 or more rebounds, does that translate to wins? Okay. I mean, so in those games when he grabs in a word, he goes, yeah, it's 82. Just something, something that's interesting. Uh, you could tell Justin Miller's activity has been increased uh, in, in these games. You, you could just tell uh, from that. I mean, what we kind of touched on it. CJ, what have you seen from Miller over the course of this season? Um, like I said, glue guy. Um, he reminds me of like a, like a Draymond or like a um, – uh, like a, I'm, I'm just gonna use that analogy because I can't come up with okay, okay. But, um, Zach but he's Zach Randolph, Ooh, like okay. yeah, like a guy that just he plays he plays below the rim, below the rim, but his game is above the rim. Like he does everything for your team. He's a glue guy. Um, he can initiate the offense a little bit if you give it to him at the elbow. He can make. He's a good, pretty good passer. Mm-hmm. He can rebound. Um, he's just he's just a guy that's very versatile. I like I like Justin Miller's game. And he's physical this. too. Look out for Justin Rowe and have a big tournament. Last year, when they lost to Texas Arlington in the semifinal game, uh, Jaquina Gant was obviously out with an illness. Justin Miller stepped up. He had like 22 points in the he half. He went nuts yeah. in the second half of that game. And he, he was he was almost the sole reason they won that game. He was fantastic. They, he was a go-to player. Um, this year, as you said, he's improved over the season. Um, if the Cajuns make a run to the championship in this tournament, I think Justin Miller needs to be averaging a double-double. You know, maybe 12, 10, something like that. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, I think they're looking great. Yeah, I mean, get. I think getting to that 10 rebound mark is important. I mean, even Marlon has highlighted that as something that's important to to the team. So, all right. Can I ask a question? Yes. I don't want to interject on the script, but, like, who's the biggest no Raging Cajuns no. bench contributor? In the in this tournament. Drake is Davis. Davis. <laughs> Davis. That's all bad. Okay. Davis, yeah. Davis had a shooting night recently at that. Was it against Little Rock or uh, Arkansas State? I think it was like one of nine. He's inconsistent he, too, but when he's on, he's on. <laughs> he's like, you, you know, I um, 
who's the who's the player for the Rockets that I'm thinking of? That shoots the corner threes all the time. Eric Gordon? No, no, no. Uh, oh, you're talking about PJ Tucker. Oh, mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. God? Yeah, that's that's what I think you need to get out of Drinkus Davis. Like, someone off the bench that can just hit corner threes when, when he's called upon. And maybe provide minutes if Jake Eno's in foul trouble or Justin Miller's in foul trouble. Um, so he could be a nice little bench piece. Um, yeah. It's just he fits along with the, the team narrative with being consistent. So, yeah, he is. I, th- I think that's one of the things. All right, so Louisiana will play the winner of Arkansas State and South Alabama. Arkansas State's 13 and 18, heading into Tuesday's game, tonight's game. Real quick, Tuesday. South Alabama's 15 and 16. I want to look at both teams. Arkansas State, the Cajuns won the final game 90 to 87 in over- overtime. Earlier in the season, the Cajuns lost at home 93 to 84. I'm. So, like, how did those games go? First game was a loss. Marcus Eaton and Grantham Gillard led with 24 and 20 points. Ty Caulfield with 18 points. I mean, he, he, as we saw in that overtime game, he went off. It was in the second half. Did he score 31 in yeah. the second half of that game? So, we, we see what he's he's done. The Cajuns only shot 5 of 24 from 3. Gann and Miller with 19 apiece. Stroman had 25 in that game. Uh, that's... In the second game, Arkansas State had 35 from Ty Cockfield, 15 from Eaton, shot 8 of 27 from 3. Louisiana made 10 threes in that game, 10 of 22, 25 from Gantt, 16 and 15 from Miller. That's kind of the double-double you're talking right. about. I think that was a career high or a season high three going for mm-hmm. 17 points and five threes from P.J. Hardy. That that shows what P.J. Hardy can do for, for some your reason. Season. I have the most confidence in his shots. I never find. I, like I, I do. Hey, I do too. Yeah, his shot was great. <laughs> I, I mean, do too. He's got a pretty shot. He has an automatic like trigger to his. Yeah, yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. just it's quick. It's really it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. He's a wind shooter too. Yeah. Perfect. So I mean, just having that kind of shot, just giving it a chance to go in every time is something that the Cajuns need in that starting lineup. You know, Cedric Russell and P.J. Hardy. If you could get maybe. What do you think? Like three threes each from them again? If you could get five from both of them, that's tough. That's but it's possible. It is possible because in the beginning they get enough looks. And that's what I'm saying. Like he, Marlon has definitely adjusted his game plan just a, a little bit with these two shooters both starting at the same time because you can tell in possessions like they'll definitely get three, four looks like in the first three minutes of a game. And they're pretty, and they're good shots too. They're not bad shots at all. Yeah, they ease Jakeena into the game. They really want to get they the, do. the two they shooters do. going first. Yeah, and then right. that makes sense. Yeah. It does. Well, because you know Gant's going to get his, and you want to get other people with confidence. If they're taking about eight threes a game per piece, if that means they're confident. That means mm. that they they feel their shot, and if they hit you know four or five, that's what you want. That's what you want to see from them. Now, getting them those open looks and getting them those chances is a little bit harder. Um, but as y'all said, set them up early. Uh, I mean, that's the way to do it. What makes Arkansas State such a tough opponent for Louisiana? Really good they offense. Really good offense. They got they got solid players around the floor that just make shots. I I know it sounds simple, but it's just how it is. They're they're a good team. Um, they're if, if Arkansas State beats South Alabama on the road and comes to play the Cajuns, I'm I'm nervous as a Cajuns fan. Uh, I feel I probably feel a little more comfortable against South Alabama. Um, they only met once. The Cajuns won the game. It was, it was tight back and forth throughout the game. Uh, but it's just something about Arkansas State. They've already beat us uh, in the Cajun Dome. You know, it, we took them to overtime in a tight game uh, and, and, and and stuck past them. But they're they're a good team. They're yeah. they're sneaky. So Ty Caulfield is averaging twenty two points per game. 
Michelle, if if you're Louisiana defensively, do you let Ty Cockfield get his points and limit everyone else? Is that your game plan? Uh, because we saw in that first game it was a loss, and Eden and Gillard had 24 and 20, while Cockfield had 18, and they lost, and the Cajuns lost that game. But you see, in the second game, Ty Cockfield went off for 35, and the Cajuns won that game. So uh, what do I you do? I think. No disrespect to him because he had a great game. I think you just can't put too much emphasis on just him, though. Like, I don't think – I'm not going to overreact over his performance. That's how I feel. Like, he did – he had a great game, great overtime game. He made shots. But I don't even think if I'm Bob Marlin, I'm going to adjust my whole defensive scheme off of one game he had like that. I think you just kind of have to learn – to contain him, maybe throw different bodies at him. Like, okay, we know he can get hot. Let's make sure we have a trigger on him at all times. But you definitely still have to pay m- way more attention, I think, to the supporting cast of it all than just Ty Cockfield. Yeah, well, and that's what kind of I'm getting at is I would pay more respect to the people around Ty Cockfield than yeah. Cockfield himself. So no disrespect to him I mean, at all, but it's just that's just the facts of it. Like, but I mean, he's just, not just the guy. Yeah, just kind of from what I saw, I would. Probably pay more attention to the other people around. Oh him. yeah. I mean, if Ty Cockfield's gonna go for like forty in the game, I mean, who cares if the if the other guys like go seven of thirty from the field? Right. I mean, what what do you do? Because I mean, it's just I'm, it's, one player is not gonna beat just one team. I don't think that in this conference. No, I don't think so. Like, it's gonna take a complete effort around the board. So, like you said, he can go for forty, and if everyone else is going for like seven, it's like okay, cool. You could live with that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. What, what would you do, Zidane? Same, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Maybe there's a different no, I mean, game plan there. I agree as well. I think that, like, when it comes down to it, as I said, there's a lot of great players in the conference. I highlighted a couple of them. The best team is going to win this tournament. It's not going to be the best single player performance. Mm-hmm. It's going to carry his team throughout the tournament. It's going to be the best team, the best team performance overall. And the Cadence, at their best, have one of the best teams in the conference. They I can agree. play... Right up there with Georgia State, right up there with they have, they have right up there with Yeah, they, I agree with that. It's just the consistency. That's yeah. really that's all it's coming down for for they them. They have shooters, they have rim protection, yeah. they have guard play, they have all of it. They, so yeah. you're saying a team that has the best player on the court at any given time will not win. It's about the best. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Like if you if you get like like you know Tookie Brown is on Georgia Southern, right? He he won't be the reason Georgia Southern wins the tournament. Well, he won't look. Georgia Southern, if he loses in the tournament, it's just going to be because of the team. Play. Yeah, of the team play. I, I think that, uh, or at least they're outmatched as a team against, you know, a, uh, maybe a ULM who beat them, or a Texas Arlington who's been hot at the end of the season, or whoever comes out of the opposite side of the bracket, whether that be the Cadens or Texas State or Georgia Southern, who all have good teams. You know what I mean? Georgia Southern has. Some of the best guard play in the conference. Their backcourt is outstanding. They're just really, really good. Um, but if they can't get together as a team, I can see them falling out relatively early. Mm. I do understand. Yeah, I understand the point. The best team is going to win this right. tournament. I, I do understand that. It's okay. not going to be the best. Not individual one individual is going to be able to carry his team to the conference championship. Mm. Okay. South Alabama. The Cajuns only met them one time this season. Yeah, it's one of the most back and forth games of the season. Is that the Cajun though? Yeah. 88-84 win for Louisiana? 
28 from Gant, 18 from Hardy, 17 from Drukius Davis, 15 from Russell, only 10 combined points for Strowman and Miller. I found that fascinating. 12 of 27 from three. Let's talk about this, CJ. Davis and Hardy combining for 35. Then you have Strowman and Miller. I mean, this is, this is again, harping back to the point this team is capable of stepping up when others aren't stepping up. It's just, are we going to see that? It's so hard to. It's so hard. It's to hard tell. to do it without a crystal ball because you try to make a prediction, but we're about to get into predictions. I don't know. I mean, it's possible that Jakina Gant scores thirty and we lose by ten because we just couldn't hit shots that night. You know, because they've done that before. Basketball's weird. You know, <laughs> that's the, that's you know what that's my answer. Basketball is weird. Basketball is weird. Yeah, yeah. Basketball is basketball is weird. Yeah, there we go. That's the title. It's just this. like the Suns like beating the Warriors. I was like, whoa! Like basketball is weird. Basketball is weird. <laughs> and then South Alabama, Trey Mitchell had thirty-one points. Josh uh, Jai had 21 from three. They're two forwards, six six and six seven. Mitchell averaged fourteen points per game, seven point five rebounds, three point six assists. And then Ajayi with 16.2 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, and 1.4 assists. I don't do we. If the Cajuns were to play South Alabama, what are the keys in that game? Do you think, Michelle? I think it's going to be defense. They have a lot of fast guards. South Alabama. I, I like their guard play a lot, and their shooters too. Ajayi's a good big man. As yeah, well. so it'd be defense. I don't even think offensively it would be for the Cajuns. It would be defense. Like they just don't have to contain them so it sounds like are we more worried about Louisiana's defense than their offense I am okay. by their far is on, they're the best team one of the best teams in the conference oh, yeah their defense uh, yeah. Yeah, you almost said you can say it. yeah I, right you, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm hesitant to say it you know what I will because they did beat Jordan State mm-hmm. when their defense was on when their defense is on they're the best team in the conference I'll say it I mean, of course, they lost to Texas. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. The show just gave you confidence. I like that. They, they lost to Texas State when their defense was on. But Texas State's kind of, you know, fallen off. They've lost, I think, two or three straight. Um, if their defense is on, they're they're great. You know, if they're going to make a run in the tournament. However, you know, they're going to be playing a lot of good offensive teams that this stretch, you know. Uh, it's kind of funny that Texas State may be one of the worst offensive teams they match up with. Uh, in this one, instead of like a you know South Alabama or uh, you know Arkansas State, mm. so I think that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it, we we set the magic number at seventy. If they hold teams to under seventy in this stretch, they won't be golden. Okay, we'll go around the table. Just give me the give me the name. Who do you want to play for Louisiana? If you're Louisiana, who do you want to play between South Alabama and Arkansas State? Well, you beat South Alabama and you beat Arkansas State, so you know you can beat either team. Um, Arkansas State came to the Cajun Dome in the first game of the season, first conference game, and they smacked them. I think the Cajuns have really kind of grown since then. Mm-hmm. I think I personally rather play Arkansas State. There's more familiarity with them. Mm-hmm. You're just coming off a win at their place. They probably want a little bit of revenge factor. But I think there's less familiarity with, you know, South Alabama. Uh, South Alabama, as Michelle was saying, they have a lot of good players on that team. They got a good big man. You know, uh, they're they're not who could possibly get Gannon into foul trouble. Exactly, which is not what you're just kind of nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. So I think this is like 
51-49. It, it's super tight. I think I'd rather play Arkansas State, though. I'm with that. I'm picking Arkansas State. Arkansas State's sure. tight. Yeah. That's South Alabama guard play. Just watching them. They're, they're fast. Like, they – it's something about them that, like, just makes me a little nervous. Like, they're, they're fast. You can tell they're athletic. You can tell they, like – they got some triggers. They got shooters. They got the big man. Like, they just have a, a pretty solid team that can really aggravate you. So, I'm picking Arkansas State. That's what I want. Um, South Arkansas, Bama. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, what's CJ going to do? And then he comes with that. Uh, so, But you're split, you're split as well. I, I'm, not, I'm not split. I just – I don't have that – I mean – if I'm the Cajuns, if I'm the Cajuns, yeah, yeah, I just I don't care who's in front of me. I just want to play well and beat them. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. If you start hoping to play this team or that team, I think you're focused on the wrong thing. As a fan, wait, okay. Well, as play. an observer, who would you want the Cajuns to play? They just beat Arkansas State. They literally, just beat them. <laughs> um, literally. <laughs> so I mean, Arkansas State. Based on that, and based on mm-hmm. I think that they're a little more focused on Cockfield, whereas South Alabama has a little more athleticism and they're more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I take Arkansas State because um, not necessarily that not nece- necessarily that you would uh, funnel your defense to Cockfield. It's just there's one difference maker on that team. Whereas at South Alabama, there's multiple guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I, if as so an observer, yeah, versus a better player, right? Mm-hmm. right. And then if you if that's the theme of this conference tournament is about team play, I think if you're an observer for Louisiana. You would want them to play Arkansas State. That was my pick too. I just, you know, combining the factors of familiarity with, you know, South Alabama being a more team-oriented uh, program. That's that's where you go, Arkansas State. Now, congratulations to South Alabama on their win. <laughs> that that that's just naturally what happens. I think South Alabama. Oh. Spoiling the. I sent that into the group chat. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, did you? Yeah. Yeah, my bad. My bad. I, I didn't look at my picture. Hey, I, I read the I read the group chat. I read the group chat. All right, do we have? Do we want to give out any conference tournament predictions? It could be Jakeena Gant averages thirty. It could be, you know, Jakeena well, Gant is going to average a twenty-eight point double double. I don't think that's the key though. And I mean, he's asking about yeah, he's about Jakeenan. This so. is just prediction, or it could be anything like that. It could be deal with any of the players. It could be with the team. I'm doing Cedric. I think he's going to average twenty three points. Twenty three. Twenty three. They're they're making a run of Cedric Russell's average. I'm gonna do twenty three, just because I don't know. I'm gonna give him t- here. Don't I'll get. I'll give. No, him no, some, don't, don't change. I, I want to give him some cushion. No, no. 20 to 23 points. <laughs> okay. 20 to 23. It's, it's a lot. Even 20, it's a lot. I think yeah, they make so. a huge Twenty to 23. Trajan Wesley averages. Trajan Wesley averages two steals. Okay. Two steals. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's so boring. <laughs> that's a good one. I want, like, the Cajuns to average, like, 90 points a game in this conference <laughs> tournament. I want that. All right, so you're asking what the number is if they make a deep run? Sure. Okay. Cadence average. I mean, a deep 50, run is probably ninety-one. Fifty-five percent shooting from three. All right, and then what? This is gonna be like a an exposed kind of deal, where I'm just gonna type up all of our predictions, and we'll if they shoot, these. If they shoot really well from three, they make a deep run. Fifty-five percent from. Fifty-five percent from three. Three. CJ, from the field, from twenty-eight the field, point double double from Jakeena Gant, two steals a game for Jake Drake and Watson. Wesley, 
Yeah. Steals. I like the two steals thing because no one's thinking like that. Yeah. No one's thinking like that. Gant averages a 28 point double double. Yeah. You think that's possible? Yeah. What do you think he shoots from the field? Uh, over 50. Over 50? Okay. A lot of dunks. Um, yeah, because tw- 28 points sounds like it's going to be a lot of value. 55% from the field, 50% from the field. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we're defending. We're getting extra positions. Yeah, and put my 20 to 23%. I like it. I like that I like one. That I like one. that one. <laughs> I like that one. I like I'll, that say, one. I'll say stroke. Depends on great, but he's inside the field more. I, I give him. Okay. Seven team, assists. As Seven assists. The Cajuns average 13 assists. 13? 13. Oh, man. Am I writing all these down? Are you yeah, are you going with that one? 13 assists, 13 per, game? assists per game? Okay. We'll, we'll get all the predictions on. Well, okay. I'll put one. I'll give Strowman eight assists a game. Mm. That's a lot. Mm. Sheesh. He can do it. He definitely can't. I You're mean, not he, talking he about he his aver- points. You're just talking nah, about. Not his points. Yeah, there we go. Eight assists per game. Well, if they're going to get to 13 assists per game, you're going to need. You know, a good amount. Give me Justin Miller averaging a double double as well. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> this sounds like they're just gonna win. Of course. All right. This is this is the scenario. All right, fine. Louisiana right? gets bounce pretty much in the first game. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. You just had there's to too much it. optimism here. There's wow. too too much optimism. That's wild. Have you We're gonna sound too biased. Hardy and Russell. Nine three game. Uh, <laughs> we're like going it. off the rails. I like it. I, I, I said eight, Listen, so I, well, these I said are the five. scenarios for the Cajuns to go far. No, right. I mean combined nine, not nine each. Aww. No. Oh, Russell and Hardy. Yeah. Combined. So combined eight threes or have, nine threes. Okay. Me too. Okay. That's the I mean, scenarios for the Justin Miller gets averages a double Seven. double. Yeah. They shoot really well from the field. And they get you know this thirteen assists per game. And we already established the seventy points. If they have, if they keep teams under seventy, that's this. Under seventy. Oh yeah, put that there. That too. All right, we'll put this as a group one, a group prediction. Under seventy is so tough. They can do it. But I guess you know tournament play might be different from regular season play. So you can see the game slowing down, and you know it becoming more of a grind to get points. So these predictions are working against each other because if the game slows down, yeah, there you go. I don't think you're getting twenty or twenty-three. Yeah. That's if the game slows down. Mm-hmm. That's if the game. We're just like shooting a bunch of predictions out there and being like hoping one land or I don't know what's happening. Louisiana, Louisiana allows under seventy a game. Yes, that's that's key. That's key. Okay, that's our prediction. It's just like hey, if they do this, all right. And then I have Louisiana gets bounced in the first game. Um, that's my prediction. You can't just speed past that, like you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna speed past that one. So all right, they lose, uh, to, they lose to Arkansas State. Do you have anything else for that? Like, why did they lose to Arkansas State? I think they get other contributions. I think it's going to be more like the first game than it'll be the second game. What did they shoot? What did the Cajuns shoot in this game? In that game? Mm-hmm. Mm. Like 38. Like 5 It would be, I was thinking it would, it would probably be in the low threes. You wouldn't get to 10 threes. Okay. You would get to about six. Six of like thirty. Yeah. Okay. It's just it's it's a little. I mean, down. they're just chucking them at that point. <laughs> Six hey, of thirty. Maybe. Hey, maybe this Cajun team likes to shoot threes. Yeah, especially when they get behind. 
There we That's go. So true. There we go. Justin right. Miller started shooting threes. That's when you know, bad. like, ah, oh, dang, <laughs> they're uh, desperate we're right now. <laughs> All right, we're we're closing in on an hour on this podcast, and CJ, it's come time for the food. Discussion. Okay, so one an hour, so I'm gonna I'm gonna speed this up. But no, it's okay. We're at fifty two minutes. Okay. All right. Um, take your time. Take, yeah, take your time. Listen, Italian food. Is the best food on the planet? Wow, I mean, this is. They have take. no. It's not a hot take. I, I want to have this discussion. Mm-hmm. First of all, they have amazing pastas yes. and pizza, yes. and just all kinds of great dishes, okay. calzones, etc. I want to know from y'all which culture has the best food. You can't say Cajun. I think I love Chinese. Italian. I love Chinese. Okay, food. Chinese oh. is a great answer I, too. That's what I I'm love Chinese food. Uh, yeah, I think if it's not Chinese for me, I think it's Italian. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the, you know, the cultures that like their food that I eat the most. Mm-hmm. So it would be Mexican, mm-hmm. it would be yeah, Italian, same. and it would be Chinese. I think yeah, you know those three. are the ones I eat the most. Those are top three as well. So I, nobody's gonna be a homer. Nobody's gonna say American. I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a mosaic. It's a combination of a lot. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I mean, a lot of it's just Americanized of other right, cultures. Exactly. So it's right. hard to see. It's hard to really be like, oh, I like American food. And then okay. you're saying like, you like chilies or something. <laughs> 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 like that, I don't know how to, I don't know how like to Like TGIF. That. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, what's interesting, uh, Paige says Italian food. So it's like. I guess yeah, this is the Italian, first time I've heard not, it. Italian is like, I just, I can't get enough. And gelato counts, right? Yeah. So like, gelato is great. You get your dessert as well. You get dessert as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might be right on that one. Uh, I think I'm sick of that. Because I, I, I eat a lot of pizza and pasta and stuff like that. So, All right, Italian. Uh, Italian. The show goes Chinese? Yeah, I love Chinese. Chinese food is delicious. I don't know. I'm kind of, well, do you really consider hibachi as Chinese? Because some people are like, that's Japanese. Japanese yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, but to me, not to disrespect their cultures because they are this different, you know, <laughs> entities. <laughs> but I love them both. But, I okay, maybe I'm more of a Japanese person because I love hibachi. Okay. Like, hibachi grill, all of that. That's Okay. But I love noodles. I love lo mein. Man, this is hard. I love all, all of it. All, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Chinese, Japanese, both of them. Yeah, there you go. All right, you can combine. Yeah, like that. You like Asian culture. All right, so since we can combine, CJ says Tex-Mex. Tex-Mex is your... No, he just said Italian, of course. Uh, (laughs) It's Italian. I'm about to say. (laughs) (laughs) Tex-Mex is just funny to me because I think of, like, cheap restaurants. I don't know. That's what I think of. CJ, that's a great take, man. It's not a great take. It's, okay. a, it's a good discussion. You know what that would be on Twitter? What? An unpopular opinion. <laughs> That's what that would be. Dude. An unpopular can opinion. I, can I make edition? a public service announcement? Yeah. Can we have our last unpopular opinion thread on this day? I know it's not going to happen, but please. Because if you had to go I've unpopular. I've seen at least like 100 of them. I'm, I'm tired now. If you had to go unpopular opinion oh. food edition, what would be the, un, the a true unpopular opinion food unpopular edition? opinion? Yeah. A true unpopular opinion. True. Unpopular. As Charlie watches the ACC tournament. ACC tournament. Mm. Unpopular. I don't want to say I, popular I, stuff like I coleslaw is disgusting. Already. You know. I did spring this one. But 
You want to revisit that one next week? We can revisit it next week. We can leave people in suspense. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll be back with our unpopular opinion food edition next week. That, that'll that be that. Um, anything else as we wrap up? We'll talk about the tournament next week, huh? Yes. We'll cover all of it. That'll do it for this episode of the Vermilion Sports Podcast. You can pick up the Vermilion newspaper around the UL campus. New editions come out every Wednesday. You can also check out other stories and news on thevermilion.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our Vermilion Sports YouTube channel for more videos, highlight videos, the podcast, all that. That is all for this episode of the Vermilion Sports Podcast. As always, thank you for listening.